It's Sports Arena and it's Extreme Rewind. Your weekly look into other extremists. We look at ECW Hardcore TV from episode one all the way to 401 with every pay per view and special in between. You got myself, Paul, and I'm joined as always by Jay. What is happening, Jay? Well, the, the Royal Rumble's in the books. The um, Wrestling Megastore um, website has been very good to me, and I got the uh, original San Francisco toy maker Dudley's turn up today, and we are on the road to November to remember. God, I almost feel like that should be like the intro before the intro. If, no. like a, if we had a really cool like theme music, then I stopped in my bit. Extreme podcast. Yeah, I think we had that for a while. We did um, go back to, to uh, our listeners who have been with us since those days. Oh, good Lord. So much is going on this week. We have all people leaving. It gets all sad, but not super sad because we don't get time to get sad. We've got stars sort of returning to action. Um, yeah. We're in September. It's 1998. We're looking at episodes 282 and 283. And this is probably the first week where I had this whole, wow, we sort of don't have long left kind of feeling. <laughs> I know we've still no, got 120 it's... episodes, but I mean, it's, it's, it had a reality check. Like, it can't be 282. I Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because we, we, we kind of speed up and slow down on this um, on occasion um and you know there is a, a a degree of you know you 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 go onto the the wwe network which is where we're watching this all of the episodes are available can't follow along join in the, the 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 fun and enjoy the revolution join the revolution um but uh we go through and uh, you know the fact that you're not scrolling far down 1998 you don't have to scroll down far past the list because it's only 2000 1999 left and then you scroll down 1998 and we're, we're there already yeah it's it's um interesting isn't it it is interesting i mean i mean obviously we'll get to it in episode uh, two i believe but yeah big big um departure this week yes. maybe the biggest departure we've had um yeah i will we'll get to it in episode two uh, I, I won't comment now we'll get to it in episode two the suspense is killing me but um, obviously we must start off with the 19th of September 1998 episode 282 the show kicks off with a hype video showing everything that Just Incredible has done so far he broke Mikey Whitbread's leg in his whole town he took the mess of the great Sasuke <laughs> yes now we are we are in, in back into um, just incredible hype territory, aren't we? Full on, just incredible hype. Give this man um, a belt. He's out of control. Does he need a belt? Or does he need something he can carry around? Oh, um, yeah. Wow, this this guy like it is so. I, I guess all of wrestling sort of like this to a point, but it's just so how. This guy seems so oblivious to so much. I notice it more with ECW than sort of any other kind of federation. Like the NWO would come out and sort of, you know, fuck up anyone. And Austin would come out and stun her anyone and at any match. 
the ECW kind of almost sort of keep to their feuds. Like you haven't seen just incredible yeah. ever cross paths with, you know, um, Sabu, RVD, uh, Triple Threat, Taz. They're, you know, it's a completely different world. Yeah, but like the same world. It's crazy. But um, yeah, he's doing his thing, and um, he yeah, he's 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 amazing at the moment. He's absolutely just he is he's through the ranks. Absolutely caught fire. Um, you know, we've been talking about it for a little while now. Um, and the, the, the growth of credible, um, and, uh, yeah, no, absolutely caught fire. And, and, you know, his, is definitely, you know, in something enjoyable to watch. I mean, I know he's been there for a little while, but from day dot, like the, the promo ability and everything for a guy who was, you know, hidden behind a mask with sort of a goofy-esque character in the Fed as Aldo Montoya, just to basically rip off this mask and suddenly have all this charisma and had all this everything. It, it, it just, you know, it's just crazy, like, how one gimmick can change someone. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. he could have gone to WCW and they would have given him probably just another Aldo Montoya-esque character because it was established. And I mean, you know, let's not get over, let's not forget that actually the gimmick he got given, you know, he's got a pun for a name, um, was, you know, could have been the kiss of death. Um, you know, oh, yeah. it's, it's a silly name. Um, if, if that character had turned up in NXT today, yeah. Or, or even WWE at the time, or, or you know anything else, it would have been shat upon because it's that it's... weird kind of like, like you said, that the performer getting behind it enough to make it it sort of yeah. relevant and meaningful. I mean, um, in in a similar sort of comparison, obviously sort of different. You could go down the same route with the Undertaker. Yes. In the sense that realistically, nothing with that character should have succeeded. Oh, it's definitely not a main event, is it? And I know it was the cartoon yeah, no. era, but yeah, I mean, he's, well, he's, he's a zombie cowboy undertaker. Well, that's it. No one really should have sort of shot through and become this legendary character. It should have been, like I said, like mid-card, bit hokey, disappeared, repackaged. But And Kate know, would be the... He, that falls out from that yeah. as well of, you know, oh, he's suit because he's burned. We That's saw it. Randy Orton the mask for a minute and a half and everyone's kind of going, yeah, burns all over his body. <laughs> um, yet this, you know, that character's been going for 10, 20 yeah, years unmasked, now. Remasked, unmasked, remasked. It's just total, total Yeah. Everyone just goes with it. Yeah, no, it's it. Yeah, it's... Um... It's crazy, but it's, like I said, it's a credit to him because you sort of almost see past the name and just see this absolute sort of uh, crazy fucker that sort of just is, yeah. um, well, just incredible, I guess. And I mean, he's surrounded by a group of people who give him no credibility. So it's yeah. not as oh, if he he's in the triple threat. It's not as if he's surrounded by, you know, an A-list group and he's kind of pulled up to that level. 
you know, I mean, you know, he, if he'd gone to WCW, he may have gone into the NWO, but he would have been, you know, the, the, the lackey of Scott Hall or something. He would have been in that kind of Vincent um, six kind of, and I know that's, that's quite harsh on six, um, but you know, that kind of run in and help people and get bumped kind of thing. Mm. He's, he's the guy taking the, the the diamond cutter or the the scorpion death drop or all the rest of it. Um, he's not the guy getting the win and whatever else. Um, so so you know the fact that he's coming and he's got this crew of so very randoms um, and still has managed to to you know not have that weigh him down. There's so many things that if you think about it, worked against him in this. Oh yeah, I mean, even um, without digging out Jason, Jason's past history, um, the, the way they, you know, Nicole Bass, the way you know she is, and the way that's spoken about her. Yep. All these chastity. Like, yeah, all yep. these things could have um, just bounced around with with various kind of things for no apparent reason. Uh, you know, we see Jason Wright turn up in this one. Uh, we see. Um, Spoilers, but you know Jack Victory and Rob Price come into this. This isn't an A-list crew by any way, shape, or form. Oh, totally. Um, yeah, so we get that intro video as per we get every week. Show kicks off with Balls Mahoney versus Masaso Tanaka, a rematch of obviously their one before. These two have like unbelievable chemistry. Masato Tanaka is and we'll talk about this in the next one as well just so good he's um, like and I know like Kenny Omega sort of modern day had like the, the name of being like the bout machine but I feel that about yeah. Masato Tanaka here he's literally just pulling out fantastic matches of everyone this this guy and he's undefeated as well I, yeah. I'm at a stage where obviously being an ECW fan but not really remember any of this. I, I don't even know who his first loss is against. No, no. I mean, I, I'm um, so intrigued to find. I mean, I'm assuming it must be like a Mike Awesome or someone, but I don't have a clue. I think Awesome doesn't come back for a little while. I think he's injured. So, like, I'm, I'm interested to see. Yeah. Who actually? No, you're absolutely right, and um, he does. He, have, he has great chemistry with everyone except maybe Bam Bam. Um, I, and, uh, you know, I'd like to see them go again to see if their, their next match is better. Um, I do wince and struggle with the chair shot stuff. I feel they've already got that over. I don't think it needs to be in every match. However, I do understand why it would be in a Balls Mahoney match. Um, well, what we were saying last week, wouldn't it? The no selling, I don't say no selling, but taking the chair shot yeah. is a better way of doing it. Um, we, we said it, it's not as impactful if he does it every week. But, you know, obviously taking it from Balls Mahoney and doing it is such a massive sort of massive yeah. thing. And um, again, you could take the chair shots away from this match and it was still a great match. Yes. And yeah. that's the sad thing about um, some of this. I know it was part and parcel and, you know, at the time it was part of the reason why I loved ECW because it was that fucking crazy. Absolutely. You know, so I'm not by any means like slagging it off. But the beauty of this, you could take this out of it and you do sort of look at Balls Mahoney and you think, man, that guy as well, what a talent. Yeah, yeah. Like, again, like um, the feds just didn't, 
didn't see it. It always um, blew my mind. I always recognised and it always blew my mind how good a wrestler Balls Mahoney was. Um, I mean, Axel Rotten, for instance, as a, as a comparator, um, isn't bad as a wrestler. We've seen him have some some you know great little matches, but he is far more reliant on the the spots and yeah, you know yeah, us yeah. watching him go through the bad breed and the Ian Rotten feud and you know everything else, the few good men and all the rest of it. It's always been about the weapons and the spots. Yeah, um, you you do feel that if he doesn't have that for a length of time, he's a little bit exposed. You do feel that Balls Mahoney probably wouldn't be. Um, you know, I'd love to see him versus Candido in a straight-up match, him versus Storm in a straight-up match, him versus Tanaka in a straight-up match, um, because he is surprisingly crisp and surprisingly solid with his 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 wrestling. Um rather than just it building to him swinging a chair. And again, growing up, that's what I was waiting for. That's what I loved. You know, mm. the chair swinging freaks, that's, that, that was the, you know, holy shit kind of, oh, kind of thing. Yeah, growing thing, up that... and with my, my tastes changing. Yeah, I mean, uh, it is, I mean, my thing is like, it's happened. You know, so it's hard to sort of say, oh, you know, if a promotion was doing it now, I'd be like, mm, I don't know if you could, you know, morally sort of do this now. Yeah, you know, and, and but, I think that happened, as a fan base, yeah, I think as a fan base, we're there yeah. because that's kind of what um, uh, AEW had when they did, you know, the chair shots and, and you know, some yeah, of the that other was, stuff. That was so, a gimmicked chair. There was just bits that weren't. It was, yeah. There was just bits and, that weren't. And that's the thing. I mean, it is very much, but it is one of those. It's one of the things we've always said, watching this back with 2021 now sensibilities, when we know about CTE, when we know about, you know, the impacts of these things, when we know more about, um, uh, you know, the, 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 the impact of some of the language on, and the, some of the misogyny and various other things. Um, yeah, it's just a different kind of sensibility isn't it yeah no massively um but yeah that being said fantastic match really really enjoyed this great way to kick off the episode uh masato tanaka wins still undefeated and um yeah interesting to see where his character goes especially because like i said i don't know who defeated him so i'm fascinated by what happens here (coughs) we see brief highlights of bill afonso extending the tan to taz from last week we know that segment we covered it last week. If you want to go back and listen to more in-depth chat about that. Um, it dives straight to a promo from Fancine. Very quick one, basically saying they've gone too far and she's really pissed off. And yeah. So, she's annoyed about them. Um, just incredible kind of promo. Nicole Bass smashes a can onto her head. Uh, just incredible is basically going on about the Sandman. You hear a voice in the background asking what his problem is. It's then you find it's uh, Jack Victory sitting there, ask what the problem is. He says the Sandman. Um, he said that Jason pays good, and um, Jason sort of pays him a lot of money, and he said um, he doesn't have a problem anymore or something. And, yeah, pretty decent yeah. segment. Smashing the can on a cold bass. 
again, just feel like they're just taking advantage of her constantly. But um, yeah, good promo overall. <clears throat> then it cuts straight back to Joey Styles, who tries to introduce Shane Douglas, but is immediately cut off by another video of Shane Douglas saying, um, no, and he, he cuts off, he does what he wants sort of thing, says there's only one triple threat and he'll be back sooner than everyone thinks. Um, yeah, and that's sort of it, really. But he's been out for about fucking eight months at this point, so I don't think anyone really yeah. needs to turn back soon. It's not even... No, I mean, it's, you, it, you get it's not soon, time, is it? You can't say soon anymore. That That's gone. I mean, it's sooner than anyone thinks in the sense of, is he ever coming back, maybe? Hmm. Um. But yes, I think you're throwing out sort of soon and you think, mm. yeah, weird. Um, and next up, we have Just Incredible comes to the ring. There's a gentleman standing in the ring. We find that this guy is Rod Price, um, who's a former tag team partner of Steve Austin, who got rid of Steve Austin. And as this guy looks, somewhat generic not differently really dressed to sort of hack Myers or sort of a lot of other people yep. at this point I've got to say that they did a great fucking job of getting him over yeah yeah I'd agree I'd agree I mean for someone <clears throat> who I had very little knowledge of or interest of he looks like another simple journeyman coming through the, yeah. the territory In a, um, yeah I was going to say in a comparison to last week where we had the Tommy Dreamer sort of invitational battle royal thing, and old uh, Shipbrick Wright had the equaliser and whoever else with him, and there was no information or care about these people. I don't know if we ever see him again. So I mean, it's, it's a completely different sort of comparable. And like here, they really sort of made you think, wow, this this guy's a serious threat um, to the Sandman. He's he's legit. He's he's got credentials. He's you know had like some of the best world champions of all time as a tag yep. team partner. So, um, yeah, for about two minutes work, they made this guy seem legit. And that's sort of where you find, again, modern era, how they're sort of overlooking talents. And, you know, it, it's the whole sort of um, mankind taking off the mask to sort of show Triple H. You just do little things to really get across sort of some of these unknown talents. If you want to laugh at them and all this, I mean, on Raw, you had a very similar thing where as much as I'm sure it was like scripted, it was very much like Edge came out and Drew was like basically sort of popping and be like, oh my God, Edge, I was in the Rumble last year, heard your music, it was amazing. I was so chuffed you're in it this year. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like a serious threat to you and you're sort of bigging me up. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel like this is, you know, almost ECW sort of like taking a different approach where they're bigging this person up and they're making this guy seem legit. And it's not a joke. You know, there's plenty of people they could have gone, oh, he's a failed partner of Steve Austin and he hasn't managed to get to any other Fed, but Justin Credible somehow got him a job here. They could have really buried this guy. Yes, absolutely. But they, they, they took the... Wow, what a commodity. This guy could kill the Sandman. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, bearing in mind the, <clears throat> you know, the, the, the history of what we've had come through the Equalizer and various other uh, 
you know characters who've walked in and similar kind of thing and just not really had any uh any real kind of buzz to them or anything it really does show that, that you know if they want to do the whole kind of holy shit why is he holy my oh god that's gonna then it really does work exactly it was like do you know who this guy is no you don't know who this guy is now this is you know rod fucking bryce he's former blah 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 do you mean they so yeah a lot of respect for that it made me more excited for the match than i was when i just saw this guy standing in the ring initially so yeah kudos kudos to um styles and ecw and everyone else for that um yeah rod price versus the sandman match is what you expect it basically just breaks out into pure carnage um, Jack Victory and Just Incredible interfere. Tommy Dreamer runs out and sort of helps. A one-man gang debuts, which I thought was extremely bizarre. Yeah, <clears throat> but I thought it might have been going somewhere, and it was, but it, it's sort of like the uh, so one-man gang debut. Spike Dudley's music hit, and he comes out with the troops. Not that you'd see any of them, because Spike's the only one who actually got in the ring. Um, everyone else cleared out and then led to a Spike Dudley versus One Man Gang match. Uh, one Man Gang was in control for, I'd probably say, about a minute, two minutes. Spike sort of low blowed him, hit with the acid drop. Um, got, got the W. And there isn't a happier man alive than um, Axel Rotten. I, I love this man. <laughs> he is he, he's thrilled. He is absolutely he, thrilled. He is everything in this ECW experience for me. He is my absolute, even though he's not really English, he's a national treasure nonetheless. He is... He's from Newcastle. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> no, he's absolutely... I know you hear me, Daddy. I, I think uh... he's right. I don't know, it just gets better. He's just so... The way he just, again, massively just oversold and was just like Spike won the world title was just everything. It's just everything. It really was. And, um, you know, uh, uh, one man gang, another one who should be on the list of people you didn't know were in ECW uh, compared to, you know, some of the names that turn up on these lists every single time. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll pop up on our um, Instagram list. We update that when we find people, so I'm sure we'll put them on there. And yeah. Why not? Yeah. But um, how did you feel about one man gang, gang's treatment here? Um, I mean, you, you got the impression he was in for a shot um, and it was fine. You know, it, it's another one that they sacrificed to the build of um, the, the giant killer, isn't it? So, you know, I, I, I think it's absolutely fine. I, I, I like what they're doing with with Spike and the story they're telling. Um, uh, you know, just that, that fearless nature of him. Um, so, no, I, I had no I had no problem with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think One Man Gang was probably happy to get a payday for a quicker match. So it's probably beneficial to him in that sense. If One Man Gang had won or like, battered Spike, it would have been pointless as, as Spike's sort of the star in this angle. So Yeah, yeah. and it would, have been, it would have been heat and a, and a prestige that someone who's in only for a couple of shots wouldn't deserve so if that's bam bam then you know you can do something with that once it comes through if it's Bubba Ray then you can do something with that when it comes through 
if it's just someone who's passing through who who has a very competitive match with Spike and Spike manages to, even if Spike manages to kind of squeeze out the victory at the very end, you just feel a little bit kind of, well, why why did you waste the heat on him? Yeah, um, not 100%. So. so no, I think I think this was the perfect way around. Agreed. Um, promo from Shane Douglas and Francine. They throw out a three-on-three challenge for this Saturday at the arena. Um, I don't know if we're going to see that, but it's we been are. Out. Uh, I thought this was a, a main event, but this is this is interesting, nonetheless. I, I, the match that you're thinking of is okay, um, but uh, yeah, I think it's next week we'll be talking about this match. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's interesting until that happens. So, there'll be main event in the arena this Saturday, which is, like Jay said, going to be probably one of the episodes we cover next week. So, come back and find out how we feel about that. And that takes us to the end of the show. Well, that show, not our show. But, um, yeah, the episode's done. Shane Douglas throws out the calendar. They love throwing out the cliffhangers at the end now. That's their new, um, new big thing. I'm not against that. It's a better big thing than the next new big thing that we'll talk about in the next episode oh I like it is that the episode we're going to talk about right now right now we are going to talk about it right now right 20... now right now <laughs> still right now 26th of September 1998 episode 283 hopefully um, I get more and more nervous the closer we get to the end if actually managed to keep tabs on these That's episodes. okay. If, if, if we end up with like 412 or something, then we'll just say that they miscounted on us. That's a fair shout. You never know. Um, kicks off with a promo from Tommy Dreamer in the ring. Um, he's basically cutting a promo telling the history of everything and basically says that the Sandman has left ECW. Yeah, so there's this weird kind of um, news style to mm. this week's which is what i was referencing about you know the new style that i hope doesn't play so for a lot of what we watch in this week's episode there's um breaking news as like a chiron on the bottom of the screen what? and to complement this we seem to have joey styles in the fact check corner i, I do because that kind of I, I don't know if that annoyed me or not the the fact check yeah I mean the news the news Chiron did. Well the news thing I know I know the news thing. I don't know if it stays on every episode, but I know it definitely it happens again in the future because it happens when Taz comes back and beats Mike Awesome for the title and the whole WCW thing. So they, they I, it, I it, hope it's not. It's going it, to frustrate it, me. It flashes um, up, but I just don't know how frequently. But the um uh, yeah, so the, the, I, I don't think a lot of what was discussed by Joey Styles was needed. No. So, for instance, to try to say that Eddie Gilbert's run was only a matter of months um, felt unnecessary. Yeah. Um. And it was, it was, you know, you could have just quite happily had the story of ECW rather than um, what seems to be the first cut of the rise and fall of ECW. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he just, 
a lot of it he just went in a bit too much detail with um sort of all of it didn't he really it wasn't it wasn't all necessary yeah and it was a combination of it wasn't necessary and it kept taking away from what Tommy Dreamer was saying because he's pacing around he's trying to cut his emotional promo about the story so far and how he got here and how you know why why this is a big deal and blah 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 and why <clears> this is the first loss that actually is being acknowledged the first wrestler leaving who's actually being properly acknowledged rather than you know, well, you know, and Ravens turned up in WCW or whatever else we've got going on. This is the first one that there's been a send-off for. Um, it's and not just, you know, Sabu's fucked off to FMW and he doesn't care about the fans. Oh, he's back. It's, it, there's, you know, a combina- conversation about it. And uh, what I found weird is David said that he signed a contract at Heatwave. Yeah. After Heatwave, he signed a contract to leave. So that was like a good few weeks ago. Yep. So it's kind of like, I I don't know. They've sort of given him props in a a farewell when the angle was there that Just Incredible wrote him off TV. They could have, they could have gone down that and sort of, you know, exit the Sandman. And, and you could have, and maybe you still can. Um, you could have told the story if you wanted to say that he's gone to WCW of, you know, just incredible saying, you know, I, I, I beat him out of ECW. He got such a beating. He knew he couldn't, he knew his day was done. He knew he couldn't keep up with me and the, you know, the new school. So he's, he's tucked his tail and run to, to WCW where, where the big boys play, um, you know, cause he wants to be in Nightcrawl zone or whatever. Um, uh, so it is, you know, there, there was a story to tell that, and you could still have pivoted it into a Tommy Dreamer feud, but this was um, different. It was different, and um, yeah, um, I think um, was it Jack Victory appears. Yeah, so Jack Victory comes out and starts um, giving him shit about uh, you know what he's doing and. Sandman and all the rest of it. Uh, Tommy Dreamer's in shoot mode. So it's like, oh, you want to make an angle out of this? Do you, brother? You want to make an angle out of this? Uh, Will can make an angle out of this. Well, you know, I'll make an angle out of this. Um, which, again, just kind of... Makes you it's think it's it an angle, yeah. Um, but it's, it, you know, it's fine. It's enjoyable in, in what it is. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and then we get to the, the, the angle... And uh, yeah, the Sandman music hits. Yep, lights go out, uh, lights go on. Uh, Just Incredibles in the ring with the cane, uh, beats the shit out of the Sandman, and walking back basically declares himself the hardcore icon. Yeah, so, um, you know, it is very much about, um, uh, you know, after, after telling everyone that the Sandman's gone, then you know trying to pretend that the third man's coming back in to do the save. Um, <laughs> he's signed. He's gone. He's, he's no longer here. I'm going to tell you all about how this, Oh no, he's back. Oh no, he's not. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a decent angle and, you know, there was a beautiful callback to Tommy dreamer and Sandman where he's draped over the ropes, getting beaten up by a cane. Yeah. hundred percent. And obviously just sort of, 
tagged him with the new sort of hardcore icon character thing. But yeah, no, it was good. Um, obviously, they addressed it, so we, we knew it was coming. We never really knew how it was done. Yep. Um, it's interesting. Like you said, it's very direct and just like, oh, this has happened. Now he's gone. But I guess he was sort of an iconic character there, so I, I guess they had to do something because obviously we realised ECW fans were known anyway. So yeah. you either address it or it consumes the show is what it feels like half the time. So I think that's what he sort of chose to do, what he did. I read a promo from Paul Heyman uh, saying that every fan in attendance is going to get a three-hour tape of the show. No fucking idea what this was about, but well done. No, something to do with we made a promise that you'd never miss a hardcore TV, so we're going to give you a three-hour tape. I don't know. I thought he said three-hour tape of the show tonight. Yeah. I thought, how is that even possible? Yeah. To run that many amount of tapes? That'd be insane. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we all know that um, Paul Heyman's a man of his word, so that definitely happened. (laughs) Tapes were given out. Each one of them had a check that's... Oh, maybe not. Had a coupon. You could cash him for a tape. Uh, but yeah, those tapes would probably be worth a lot of money now if anyone's got one of them. Mm. Thing, isn't it? Well, for the for a... are any VCR tapes worth any money now? <coughs> uh, if you're an extreme collector as such, I'm sure you'd be interested to have it. Um, da, 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 da. so we get that. We get highlights of the rise of Just Incredible again. Very similar to what we got last week, so there's no point. Dwelling on that, we got a lot of video highlights of the Sandman's career. Yeah, which I thought was good. Obviously, um, we won't go too much into this because I think at the end of the show, we'll sort of do our own sort of retrospect to the Sandman's career and sort of moments that we thought sort of stood out on his journey. So I think don't want to repeat it too much. No, and again, the the the, the new style thing at the bottom. I felt distracted from this. I mean, I know it was used a lot to kind of give context to what we were seeing and the, the journey that was on and blah, blah, blah. But it just annoyed me again for a change. You know, that's understandable. And it led up to last week's segment with one man gang and then Spike Dudley beating one man gang again. So we had that. Uh, we then had Styles backstage about Tommy Dreamer wants to do an interview, but he doesn't want to interview Tommy Dreamer. He's not going to interview Tommy Dreamer because Tommy Dreamer is not in a fit state to do an interview. So, yeah, didn't interview Tommy Dreamer. I mean, I really yeah. thought there was going to be a Tommy Dreamer interview. And it was going to cut to him anyway, and he was going to go, ah, like he normally has a little sulk. Uh, cut to the ring. The Dudley boys are here. Cutting promos. Most of this is unrepeatable. If I'm honest, um, was... I mean, I am impressed at the level of editing that isn't on the network for it. <laughs> no. So I know that there's kind of the disclaimer about it being TVMA and, you know, that might not hold up to the, the corporate whatever. Um, but I, I, you know, kudos to them for, for letting loose on this rather than trying to, to, to neaten it. Yeah, no, massively. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it's there. It's worth going back and watching. But like I said, it's hard to repeat it in podcast form. But um, 
yeah, Baba had a, had a few choice words um, for Masato Tanaka, which led to the match. Devon Dudley versus Masato Tanaka with Baba in full vocals in the background. Uh, match itself, nothing really wrong with it. Uh, triple threat kind of run out, uh, attacked Masato Tanaka and sort of just hijacked the match. Um, yeah, I mean, it was enjoyable. Um, I, again, you know, Tanaka with anyone is is a, a, a good combination and a good match. Um, the the Bubba heat on Tanaka is lazy racism. Um, uh, you know, you got to learn you got to learn American if you're going to be over here, boy. Um, to which uh, Tanaka flips him off and just kind of goes ba 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 ba, which I I, I quite enjoyed. Yeah. And got all the fans involved, um, but um, yeah, no strong match. Uh, you know, Devon fires up for uh, to testify. You know the, the the three rules, and as he's doing them, he's laying in the chair shots. And as we know, Tanaka doesn't sell chair shots because we see that every week. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it all comes becomes a schmoz, and then the, the the triple threat come out apparently very slowly because we're told that Bam Bam appears, and then about ten minutes later he gets in the ring. Yeah, he just he just casually strolls in. That's Bam Bam Bigelow. We we don't know where he's doing. He seems to have sat down. He's um, I wouldn't say he's over it at this point, Bam Bam, but he's definitely you can tell that he's got his eye moving on as well because I think he's. Uh, does he turn up, I think, before Sandman? He does. Bam Bam mm. turns up in WCW before Sandman because in Sandman's first promo, he calls out Bam Bam because Bam Bam turns up, attacks Goldberg for weeks. And, um, yeah, in, when Hardcore Hack turns up, even though he's called by his real name in his, his debut, he calls out... Um, Bam Bam Bigelow. So Bam Bam's gone any second as well. It's amazing how they suddenly hit points where there's this turnaround. And I don't know whether that's, um, you know, kind of an early uh, similar kind of thing that New Japan seemed to suffer from in the sense that all of their, uh, a lot of New Japan's um, contracts seem to run out just after New, New Year's Rest Dash. Of, yeah. Um, and it, it, it's interesting that that seems to be something similar in the sense of whether it's Heat Wave or November to remember. There's kind of a, uh, you know, a, suddenly this like watershed kind of everyone moves on. Um, yeah, it's weird. I mean, I don't want to say Bam Bam's unmotivated at this point. But if you were to say to me, oh, he's leaving soon, it wouldn't surprise me by yeah. the way he sort of is on the show. He's, he, I think yeah. he's, he's very grateful for his run in ECW, but I, I feel like he's sort of, he, he's fought everyone. Like, there's no fresh match for him in ECW. No. So, I mean, even you think he's had RVD, Sabu, Taz, Masato Tanaka, um, 
Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas. I mean, really, who else is there for him to... He could do a Tommy Dreamer program, but... I was just thinking, has he done a Dreamer program? I mean, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not looking for a Tommy Dreamer program. No, but I was saying, but that's the only one I guess they could have done if they were to do something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, apart from that, so I just think he's... Um, yeah, you could just tell he's a lot more just in the background than he ever was. But I think there's a certain degree that the triple threat are. Um, well, Shane Douglas being injured has massively like screwed the triple threat. And it is, yeah, just, and it I, is weird kind of... I know what they're doing with RVD and Sabu, and they, they should be the tag team champions at the moment because of what RVD is doing. But Candido and Bam Bam could have really done with a tag team title run here to sort of keep the triple threat at the top of the yeah sort of thing. You're right. And I, I think it's one of those things of, um, you know, as, as we, and especially you have called out, you know, Shane Douglas on commentary for all this time has been good for Shane Douglas, but it hasn't, you would have thought it would have been better for, for the triple threat rather than kind of how he's, played it and how he set it up um so it is very kind of um uh off center slightly yeah um shane douglas confronting lance storm in the ring with chris candido is not shane douglas talking about lance storm on commentary and it sort of causes like just me issues because he he would even see more of what a twat sort of lance storm's been to sort of candida on commentary because you'd see everything rather than just if you're at the ring or the mic you might not catch all of what it is so um, yeah but um, yeah so I just think you can tell yeah I think you might be right that he's on his way but um, yeah so they come out get involved promo from the triple threat Shane Douglas running down the idea of a new triple threat yeah so this has been on the the, the lower breaking news marker all the way through that um, uh, Shane Douglas, and again, you know, so it kind of defeats the object. So Shane Douglas does this promo of now, you know, I, I know that you all think that next week, the mystery partner for Sabu and Ta- and, and RVD is going to be Taz, but I can exclusively tell you that it's not going to be. Um, and it's kind of one of those, like, I know it's this, this silly breaking news thing at the bottom of the screen has told me all bloody um episode episode long yeah you're not you're not telling me something i don't know it's said that shane douglas has said that the mystery partner won't be taz so all you're doing is now showing me the highlights that you've told me about all the time and there's still no real kind of concept to it so lovely yeah so um yeah the whole thing's just like it's weird but i'm interested to obviously watch it next week and find out where it goes, it's good to have Absolutely. Shane Douglas um, back in action. Hopefully, he is healed enough to be well and you know, doesn't just sort of cause himself more sort of grief like I sort of feel like he does. But um, yeah, no, but really interesting. Um, I think then it just finishes off with a promo from Just Incredible, is it? Yeah, we've got the, like a video clip of various other things. And then at the very end of the show, we have a just incredible prime. Which again just sort of um, backs up the fact to what we said about this guy's sort of almost getting pushed to the top in his own way, even though he's sort of 
you know, not in, in a different universe to everyone else. Um, in in one single promo, he created a tag team that I never knew I wanted to see. What was that? Um, purely based upon you know the, the way he was setting up. So, in essence, what he does in this promo is he decided he declares himself the innovator yeah. of violence. Um, and I was thinking, I was sitting there going, the innovator of violence. All you've done is you've stolen the Sandman's cane and done, you know, what he's done. There's, there's no, in- oh yes, no, that is exactly what the innovator <laughs> of violence does. So that's absolutely fine. Yeah, I'm all right with that. Um, but you know, he's got, he's got his, his, his gang around him as he always does now, including Rod Price and Jack Victory, as we talked about, and, and uh, Jason Wright in there as well. Um, and he started finishes the promo with saying that you know, because surrounded by here. If you pay the right price, you guaranteed victory. Yeah. Pointing to the right person at the right time. And it was just that point of that's such a good yeah. I don't know, pun. That's 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 such a good kind of line. That's you know suddenly we've got the price of victory as a tag team or something. You know, that's that's just brilliant. And again, you know, my my understanding of Jack Victory is with Carino. Um so him in in what we're seeing now is is um you know he's he's never gonna kind of you know break my Mount Rushmore but uh he's uh you know it's good to see him him doing stuff. Oh massively I mean it's good to see a different side of him because the only thing I remembered is um a segment with yeah that and a segment with the the, the Dudley boys um once in a pay per view. They sort of paid to take everyone out, but we'll get there. Um, yeah, and that was the end of that. Obviously, the episodes are good. Uh, before we get into a brief Sandman uh, chat, what would you say was your match of the week this week? Um, I would probably recommend um, Devon and Tanaka. Over Bulls and Tanaka. For the sense that I've seen Bulls and Tanaka, and I thought the first match was very good, and I like this one too, but I've, I've seen it. Um, I'm enjoying watching Tanaka work with people that I never thought he'd work with and, and see him do. So, you know, him in a tag match with the, the Dudleys, probably I I would imagine comes up at some point in the whole kind of random partners kind of way. But a singles match against Devon, I thought... I thought they 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 had good chemistry. I thought they did very well. To our point about um, uh, Tanaka doing well with everyone. Um, so yeah, for me, I think Devon versus him just because it's a combination that I hadn't seen or thought I was going to see. Very similar to what we talked about with the um, Bam Bam Tanaka match. I like it. So episode two hundred eighty-three, twenty-sixth of September, nineteen ninety-eight. Uh, Devon versus Masato Tanaka. That is Jay's match pick of the week. So make sure you go check that out on the network. Um, yeah, but before we go, obviously Sandman has left ECW for now. So I thought it'd be good just to have a quick chat about um, some of our favourite Sandman memories because he, he's been there from episode one, I guess, with the surfer. He's He's been a revelation for <coughs> us because... Us work watching the early days of Eastern, and I think it was the second ever episode of Eastern that's available on the network. We we are introduced to the Eastern Championship Wrestling Champion, yep. the Sandman, 
Um, and it is surfboard, wetsuit. called the Sandman? Surfer Sandman. He's a surfer? Yeah. And all of that suddenly makes a ridiculous yeah. amount of sense. Um, and, you know, it was, it was such... I remember us talking about it for the first time in the whole kind of, what the fuck is this? And um, how, how the fuck can and, you get from dot A to dot Z? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, how does he become the the hardcore icon, the beer-swilling, kendo stick, Singapore cane-swinging guy we're expecting to make? Um, and, and it has been really fascinating watching a big chunk of his progression. Um, I think it peaked around 96, probably. Um, and after that, I think it kind of didn't really know where to go. But 93 to 96, he was yeah. must-watch. Agreed. I mean, his, his stuff with um, woman, and, and full credit to her, I mean, I... Yeah. Uh, Woman had only ever really seen as um, walking to the ring with Ric Flair in WCW. I hadn't really seen any of the yep. um, Kevin Sullivan stuff or anything else. All I knew her as just her and Liz walking to the ring with Ric Flair in WCW. But her stuff here with the Sandman, oh man, she offered him so much. She she made him such a complete performer. She really did. And it was one of those kind of. Um... You know, when when woman was um, introduced into ECW, and she was with uh, Kevin Sullivan and the Tasmaniac, yeah. um, you know, I, I think we were both of, but especially me, I'm sitting there kind of, I don't get it. You know, she doesn't do anything for me. You know, she's got this reputation in the business. I've never really seen anything that backs it up. I don't, you know, I don't get it. Um, and then the combination of her and Sandman clicked. Oh, um, and it was, it was the absolute right pairing at the right time. Um, and just lifted, uh, you know, similar to how we talk so lovingly about the chemistry that just rose between Francine and uh, Shane Douglas. Yep. Um, same. It was just, you know, it suddenly was... Was, was I mean, huge. it was it was massive, and also, um, obviously, all the the Tommy Cairo stuff with that that led to it was really good. Obviously, the Tommy Dreamer, um, it made him with the um, the police circle have some more sort of caning. Um, obviously, the Raven feud showed a vulnerability that we'd never seen from the Sandman before. Um, it humanized him a lot more because, yeah, he early days he was pretty much just pimping his wife out. But now the idea of losing his yes. son as well, that it showed a sort of vulnerability that could be exploited by Raven that we hadn't really seen before in sort of a, the previous feuds. So that kind of freshened up his character again. They feuded over the world title, um, had a barbed wire match. And um, yeah, so that I thought was um, really, really good. And I think his last sort of, Oh, the, the stuff against WWE. He got involved with that. It was mainly Tommy with that, though. But he did some all right bits. Dudley's. Mm -hmm. I thought he did well near the end. He seems quite motivated to sort of do the final push. But um, yeah, no, it was some some 
I mean, his his stuff with Cactus was 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 brilliant. Oh, God, yeah. um, you know the, the the yep, um, uh, and you know still one of the most incredible um, reveals when you know he gets the blanket pulled off and it's uh, actually Terry Funk standing there wearing exactly the same clothes. You know, it's just was a, 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 a amazing reveal. You could feel the audience just kind of eat that one up. Uh, the crowd and attendance just absolutely popped for it because it was, was that good. Incredibly well done. Um yeah, so I I I think in a way as ECW people go, I, I think this is probably the biggest the biggest loss. Um yeah, I mean, it's interesting because it's the one they've given the most fanfare to outside yeah. of Terry Funk. Um, and Terry Funk obviously is different. Um, but the likes of Raven, the likes of Shane Douglas, uh, the likes of Scorpio when he had his send-off, uh, the likes of uh, Dean I mean, and Eddie were probably the closest one since uh, before. Um, but even then, they didn't get the... You know, this guy made us. This guy was was everything. This guy, this guy, this guy, and you know, we wish him luck. I mean, you know, they they have a history of, in some way, burying the guy who's just yeah, left. Mean, and as much as they they, you know, <clears throat> he did the the honors and went out with his light, you know, facing the lights. It's it's not the same. No, I mean, um, I'm going to be very interested to see how they handle. Shane Douglas leaving because um, obviously that happens and that that is um, again the only person you can sort of put on par with sort of the original kind of standpoint that, that leaves you know is, is he the person that hurt me the most that left no but do I think he's sort of the most iconic ECW person to leave currently yeah probably you know he, he epitomised everything you, you wouldn't believe that the Sandman would ever turn up in WCW or another place. It just didn't. He was everything that ECW was. He was the sort of anti everything. Cigarette smoking, yeah. swearing, you know, sort of cane, everything, beer drinking. He was everything that shouldn't, that, you know, yeah. Work. He, yeah. He, he, he was, you know, when, when, when he wore the ECW t-shirt of politically incorrect and damn proud of it, it was, written for him it was designed for him you could tell that he was the character at that point that they had in mind whilst whilst talking about that because he was the absolutely epitome of it you know he was the 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 one lighting up the cigarettes he was the one you know caning everyone drinking beer you know he was so so instrumental in a lot of the um Stone Cold Steve Austin attitude. No, massively. Um, so, um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I, I think um, at some point we'll discuss and we'll pop over to Nitro and check out um, Hardcore Hack's debut and maybe some of um, the matches that he has over there. Because I, I think he has a... Um, he picks up with Raven and Bam Bam very quickly. I know they have a triple threat hardcore match. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll stay sold out or uncensored because it feels that sort of show. But yeah, I think it'd be worth our time 
going over there and popping out how WCW did extreme. So um, I think we should definitely yep. keep an eye on some of those ones. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many ECW alumni that get folded into that with uh, everything from uh, Devon yep. Storm. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Sam Man, Raven, um, Saturn. So, yeah, I think that yeah. would be a, an interesting uh, trip. Check out some of that. Um, yeah, but for this week, that is everything. Thank you very much. Make sure you check us out on social media at underscore Sports Arena or Twitter and Instagram. That is where you'll find everything we are doing, constantly chatting about Extreme, uh, trying to find some cool photos, posting up to see your thoughts. Thankful for the likes and comments that we do get. It's always appreciated. And, um, yeah, we'll be back next week for Life After Sandman. So cut the fucking podcast. Almost forgot.